Hello, everyone. Welcome to Teaching Matters Podcast. This program is produced by WOUB Public Media in Athens, Ohio. I'm your host, Scott Tetsworth, Dean of the Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University. In October 23rd of 2018, we met Lynette Gustafaro, CEO of the nonprofit organization called Teaching Matters, which is not related to this podcast, though they do have a very cool name. We talked about using micro-credentialing to empower teachers. The Teaching Matters organization is a national professional learning organization dedicated to increasing teacher effectiveness to promote equitable learning outcomes for students across the nation. Today, we have another representative of Teaching Matters, Ellie Blanco Rowe, who is an educational consultant for that organization. She has experience in K through eight math education and used an innovative social media assignment to help students better understand distributed properties. Ellie holds a master's in teaching from Pace University, an MBA from Barrett College, and a master's in school building leadership from Mercy College. She's currently a doctoral student at Fordham University. Ellie, thank you for being on Teaching Matters. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So I want to start before we get into the actual um, project and assignment that you did, um, by defining some terms for the audience. So you you focused on distributive properties. I'm going to be honest, I'm not a math person and I kind of know what that is, but I don't remember a lot from learning about it. So before we learn about your project, can you kind of talk about the math concepts that you were trying to help students learn? Yes. So um, distributive property is a mathematical concept that actually um, go through the span of years, whether students are aware or not. Um, and it tells us how to solve an expression, usually in the form of having a constant or a variable outside of parentheses um, distributed within the parentheses itself. And then there's a different operation within that parentheses, which could usually is addition or subtraction. At this stage, for this great age group of seventh and eighth grade, uh, they're very much working with variables and constants to um, manipulate the numbers in order to distribute the data across. And so like a common use of that would be in algebra, right? I mean, that's sort of one of the fundamental things that you learn in algebra is how to how to do distributive properties to solve equations. Am I correct on that? Yeah. So for those of us who've done, you know, linear equations and Pythagorean theorem and all that fun stuff <laughs> um, later on in, in high school, um, that all really starts from algebraic expressions. Um, and again, you will see this in earlier grades. You will you will see forms of this in third, fourth, fifth. Um, but in the middle school level, it does take a, a next level. So would you describe distributive properties as being one of the math concepts that causes students, you know, challenges when they're trying to learn? I mean, is this a big hump for them to get over in a typical classroom setting? It often is, particularly because when you distribute across um, there's a, there's can be challenges with integers, right? So your positive and negative numbers, which can, which can often be confusing. And then once you start integrating um, fractions or decimals, then adds another layer of challenge for students. And so it can become, um, you know, an uphill battle for teachers if we don't have this foundation understanding of how distributive property works um, in the earlier grades. So Ellie, talk a little bit then about um, how you developed a social media project to help students learn distributive properties. Can you describe that a little bit for us? Of course. So there's it's a co-creation, right, um, where as part of Teaching Matters, we were accepted into a grant where we were piloting in four middle schools, thinking about 
learning acceleration for, for students in math. And a big part of that was engagement in mathematics instruction. And so as a result of that, we have led three, at this point, three professional development sessions around this work. Um, and during the last session, we were thinking really deeply about what does it mean to invite students to own their own le learning experiences rather than the traditional engagement strategy. So sometimes when we talk about engagement, we think about what are some games or some centers or some fun activities, but really for seventh and eighth graders um, and for all students, but in this case for the middle school, we really wanted them to own their own learning experiences and be able to show their understanding effectively in a way that relates to them. So we're working with a generation of young people who are very technology savvy and we're very much in a transition where there's a lot of us who are still traditional. There's a lot of us who are still yeah. integrating 21st century technology. And so when we were discussing what some engagement strategies were, there are some teachers who are actually using TikTok effectively to teach their students mathematical strategies. And as a result, um, one teacher decided to integrate this into her classroom. So I have to be honest with you. I am on social media, but I'm not on TikTok. My daughter is. Um, and so I'm guessing that there might be some people listening to this that has heard of TikTok, but they don't really know sort of how it works. Can you explain that a little bit? Well, I am not an expert. I definitely rely on the students that I work with <laughs> and my 14-year-old to, to help get, navigate this for me. But as a social media platform, it primarily relies on short video clips mm -hmm. um, with either engaging filters or engaging music to present a variety of things, right? And so you'll see folks on there dancing, you'll see folks on there um, telling a story. In this case, what we had was students um, showcasing their paper and talking about the process in which they solved a distributive property problem mm -hmm. and what their thinking was around that solution. And so if we watched one of these videos from a student, it would be, I'm just kind of hypothesizing, it would be them saying, here was the problem that I had, here's how I solved it. Uh, is that pretty much it? Yeah, that's pretty, I mean, that's pretty much it. And like, why do they solve it that way? Um, the teacher also provided a rubric for students around, one, how do we communicate as mathematicians, right? So using uh, mathematical language, mm -hmm. um, and then also um, the strategies that go with the solution, because it's not so much about getting the right answer. How did you distribute? Mm -hmm. What were the key factors that you had to look at? As I mentioned earlier, negative, positive integers can be confusing for kiddos. And so when we think about... Um, teaching practices when it comes to math, as mathematicians, it's how do we use um, our thinking and communicate that well? And how do we talk about mathematics mm -hmm. effectively? These videos, as I recall from hearing the kids talking about it, um, they're, are, they're like 15 to 30 seconds, or I mean, I can't remember the length of them. Yeah, they're really short. I mean, definitely under a minute. Um, and so that comes with precision precision as well. That word has always been tricky for me, <laughs> where we really want to be concise and direct around um, mm -hmm. our solution. And so how do we represent our thinking? Mm -hmm. um, you said you uh, piloted this in, was it five schools? So myself and my colleague are in across four schools. So we oh, each okay. have two. Mm -hmm. And this is taking place at one of my schools. Uh, regionally, where were the schools located? Harlem and the South Bronx. Mm -hmm. So we, we, uh, actually, this is the only school in Harlem as part of the grant. However, it's a school that we've partnered with for many years. So we have a very well-established relationship with them. Right. So talk a little bit about um, sort of the experience with the project. Uh, I guess timing-wise, was this something that you recently did? 
yes. So this took place over February winter break. And so right now, if, if, I mean, I don't know how testing goes out in Ohio, but in New York, we're, we're ramping up to state testing. And so from February to April, we really dig deeper into ways of um, some test prep strategies and like revisiting and spiraling skills. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes we'll send home a packet to be completed, but that packet doesn't come back for a variety of reasons. And so really we're thinking about what was the more engaging way for students to um apply their mathematical understanding in an engaging way that would result in them actually coming back and being able to like reteach it to their peers or reteach it to another student. And so TikTok, so this took place over the February break. They went home with the rubric of their assignment to create these videos. Given that the project just happened, have you had an opportunity to sort of look at some of the results to determine, you know, how well the students were able to be engaged by using TikTok? Yeah, I mean, we had a 90% return rate on this, right, which is atypical for a winter assignment. And so the actually the two days after the break, the teacher then held presentations so students showcase their video and then discuss what their process was like, and what they learned from this experience. And so we saw um, what and what what also grounded the work is that they all had the same problem set. And so how they explained their thinking and how they engaged in the work did come across differently because they really could express themselves even even though they're using normed mathematical language. Am I correct in what you just said that after the students did their videos, they actually did presentations of those videos in their classrooms? Is that correct? Yes. So they each came back and presented their videos to their class and discussed the the process of recording a TikTok video and then also um, what they learned from the experience. And so if you're a teacher in one of these classrooms and you're looking at, you're watching a student, you mentioned that part of the learning experience is to be able to talk about the mathematical concepts. Can you explain a little bit like what a teacher might be looking for in terms of the student's communication ability? I think that's really, of course, my background is communication, so I find that really fascinating. Yeah, so we would want to hear that students are thinking about um, grouping. And so how do they group? parts of the expression with the, with the parentheses themselves? And then how do they use that grouping to then distribute the external variable and multiply that in? And so we would want to hear that kind of language coming from students. We would also want to hear um, what, once the distribution has taken place, that they're now able to um, add or subtract the numbers consistently using the correct signs and that their answer then relates back to whatever the original question was. In this case, they really just had equations to solve. But if we had put this in a problem set, that they were understanding the purpose of the distribution across. Mm -hmm. Did the students make one video or were there multiple problems that they made multiple videos on? They could make multiple videos. So they were given um, an option to make three videos and then they could present on one. So give them the choice as well. Did you have any difficulties with students not having access to TikTok? Like, did they have to create accounts in any circumstances or was that just pretty much everybody had it and it wasn't a big deal? So, yeah, it wasn't a big deal as far as access because TikTok can be used on cell phones. And so everyone had um, access to a smartphone. And so then we're able to do that. I think the, the challenges came from, which is completely understandable, parent concerns around safety 
on the internet. And so we were very clear that students could not show their face or, or share their name. They could only show their hands and the work itself. Um, so safety around around that exposure was the, the bigger challenge. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm wondering if if TikTok is a platform that you know is very usable for students because there are, many of them are using it for their own social media, their own personal social media. I would assume you could take the same concept and use other platforms like YouTube or you know many other platforms that involve video to be able to do similar things. Is is that a fair assumption? It is, and what I've noticed is that. Oh, what I've learned so far about TikTok um, is that you can actually use that same video across multiple platforms. So you can share that across. So depending on the kind of audience you want to re- um, reach out to, then you can use that same video multiple times over. Yeah. Did you have an opportunity to talk to any of the students to get sort of their impressions about whether they liked doing an assignment in this format or, you know, any feedback like that? I didn't get to do that directly, but from hearing their presentations, they were excited about it. Um, you know, they felt cool, I guess. <laughs> That's my term, not theirs, but yeah. <laughs> um, they felt um, like seen and heard also, which often gets missed in, a ma- in many classrooms because of time often. So this gave them an opportunity to showcase their work and their thinking in isolation. Um, and it wasn't a heavy lift in the sense of, like you said, access to social media or access to technology. They had everything that they needed in order to be engaging and um, share their thinking. So this was part of a grant, as you mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. is, are there any plans to try to expand this or to make the uh, process for integrating this, this assignment available to other teachers? Yes. Yeah, so the pilot that we're running right now, the whole purpose is for us to codify our work as a math matters team. So within Teaching Matters, we are part of the math matters department. And as such, our goal is to provide um, teacher development for equitable math practices. And so the goal for the end of the school year is to, is to codify our work and to come out with like, what are the best practices that we want to instill within our work system ourselves as coaches, and then also in the classrooms that we work with. Um, obviously, you know, this will become something that Teaching Matters, the organization, will offer as a solution for teachers. If someone listens to this podcast and wants to maybe start trying to use social media like TikTok as a way of engaging their students, are there any suggestions that you have, like in terms of ways to do this, um, you know, to sort of get started and to start trying to plan how they might use this with their students, like warnings or suggestions on doing a, a good job with it? The primary warning that I would, I think that comes to mind is the safety issue, as I mentioned earlier. And so if you're using this in schools that it's not accessible um, to the worldwide, this is one part that I am actually not aware of if TikTok has a privacy feature. So I know YouTube, for example, does limit um, and allow you to put privacy features on there so that not everyone has access to it. So in this case, I would say YouTube would be a place to start there when it comes to internet safety. As far as setting up this type of programming, I would think about what is your end goal in mind? Is it engagement, right? Is it to teach um, a new strategy or is it to distribute that strategy across to other classrooms? And then thinking about um, because the videos are so short, how do we plan for that time to be effective. I think that was the one area that we missed here was spending just some time planning with students so that they can be very thoughtful and mindful of what they wanted to, to share with the audience at large. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, one of the things when we teach um, our students at, at the Scripps College to produce videos of any type is that you have to think about your time outcome. Mm -hmm. And then it takes a lot of planning to stay within that. So you might shoot, you know, 10 hours of video for every couple minutes that actually goes into a finished project. And, you know, obviously with students and in, in a middle school setting, that planning maybe wouldn't be at the front of their mind. So I could see how that would be an issue. Yeah. And it wasn't right. And it's a lesson learned after, which is why we're initiating these pro pro pilots currently. Right. Um, we wanted students to showcase what they could do. And, and from that, we learned that definitely the planning process and, um, and thinking through when we, if we provide a rubric, what are the outcomes that we want to see and sharing that with students ahead of time and planning with them um, before they get to shoot their video. Um, and then the other piece of that is like, this gives an opportunity for students who are like not good test takers or not able to provide performance tasks to showcase their work. So it's an alternative assessment tool that could be used as well. So your pilot focused on distributed properties as the concept. Do you think there are other math concepts that could also be used in this type of an assignment? Yeah. So distributed property just happened to fall in the scope and sequence of the work we were doing with this particular teacher. So really you could do this like from K to 12 well, college um, around any mathematical concept. You know, if I'm thinking about kindergarten, we can definitely do counting on sequences with, with the TikTok videos and actually spur students there. Um, and if we're thinking about um, geometric values or translations, definitely students can showcase that. And I, actually that would be pretty cool when you're seeing geometric features translate across and students using technology in this way to highlight those translations. Mm -hmm. So um, do you have a roadmap for when uh, potential uh, teachers who want to use this might be able to get information from Teaching Matters to be able to start integrating it? I would say that we will, at the end of school year in June, um, we will meet together to create, start creating some planning around this. Um, and for the goal is to have this ready for September so that those of us who are currently on the team, anyone on boarding would be able to integrate whatever tools we're learning through this learning acceleration pilot. So are there any things that I haven't asked you about you think would be important for people to understand about this project? Actually, one thing that comes to mind is that this was a self-contained classroom with students who are in seventh and eighth grade. So something like this actually was accessible to both grade level of students. And so thinking about when you're differentiating instruction for students and, and creating access, mm -hmm. how this tool becomes um, an opportunity to open the door for so many students who might be at different learning levels and have different learning styles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. When when uh, One thing I haven't asked you about is the teachers who were doing the assignment. Mm -hmm. Was there any specialized training that you had to go through with them or was it just sort of, sort of an evolution because it was a pilot? So direct results of a professional development session that we were um, holding on engagement strategies. And so as a result of that professional development, this, te this teacher and, and her partner decided to, to work with me on launching this. And so it wasn't specialized in the sense of um, direct training on how to use social media specifically for an engagement. But we did talk about what are the ways to engage students during in 21st century learning, right? And thinking about coming back from remote instruction, how students relied on technology so much and how do we want to create this blended learning environment mm -hmm. that is equitable and accessible. 
So this was uh, just in context, if if listeners are not listening to the podcast immediately upon release, this was done in sort of the early spring, late winter months of 2022. And so we were just coming out of the pandemic. So this was done during sort of the Omicron spike time. And I don't know what it was like in New York, but our students in Ohio were in the classroom um, still during that time. Do you think that assignments like this will have durability after we get back to a quote unquote more normal classroom experience for students? Of course, you know, and this is what I'm talking about, equitable um, access to um, 21st century learning, right? Um, You know, I've definitely seen teachers who use technology recordings on uh, more secure platforms during classroom learning time where they'll be running a small group. Another small group will be recording their learning as they're doing it. And another group will be on some other technology piece. And so really utilizing technology in this way. Um, What's interesting about service uh, platforms like TikTok is that because it's on a phone, um, you actually have greater access. And what often happens is Chromebooks and all these other pieces can break down and you don't have as much um, ability to correct that in the moment. But this gives everyone an opportunity to participate. Yeah. I um, So one of the topics that we've had on some previous podcasts is the use of ubiquitous technology. So you know, a lot of times education systems try to go for the big technology solution that isn't available to all school districts, nor is it very user-friendly in, in many cases. But man, I mean, like cell phones, everyone has. And so if mm-hmm. you can figure out how to leverage that, it unlocks the potential for so many additional students. And also listening to our students, right? So a big part of this is the reason um, my takeaway Um, from this experience is that the reason this works so well is because students felt heard, right? And TikTok is something they feel comfortable with and enjoy, and now they can be a part of it. And for those who may have been interested in in creating a video, but didn't know what to create a video about, this gave them an entryway, right? And so the engagement, yes, it could seem like it's only coming from the social media aspect, aspect, but we're actually connecting this idea and these feelings with math. And so we want to increase excitement. We want to increase the focus that they have and increase their um, eagerness to participate. Ellie, it sounds like it was an awesome project. And I look forward to seeing how you and the other people at, at Teaching Matters and Math Matters continues to make this available to students. If teachers want to find out more information, can you explain where they might go to be able to find that? So we, you can go to our website to teachingmatters.org. Uh, my bio and my information is on there as well. And so you can definitely reach out to myself or any other members of the team through our website. And we will link that in the text accompanying the podcast to make it easy for people to click through. Thank you so much for giving us your time and talking about the project. And I wish you the best of luck as you continue to evolve it and to make it available to others. Thank you so much for this time. Absolutely. Our guest today was Ellie Blanca Rowe. She's an educational consultant for Teaching Matters, an organization that's not affiliated with this podcast, but has a really cool mission of making excellent teaching and learning available to students across the country in an equitable way. Teaching Matters is a podcast produced by WUV Public Media. If you want to reach out to the podcast with ideas, comments, or suggestions, simply go to, the, go to our Facebook page and search for Teaching Matters Podcast and send us a direct message, or you can email us and we'll be happy to get back to you. Our audio engineer and associate producer is Adam Rich. I'm Scott Titch with your host. Have a great day and thanks for listening.